Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here is always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? I just send a um, massive apology out there to all the listeners who were expecting to hear a, uh, a review for week 12. Uh, yeah, it did not happen because if you could if you could tell from the sound of my voice, um, I am very sick. I am very, very, very sick. And um, I we were going to do it Sunday night, but I just needed to get to bed. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't watch a second of the Sunday night game because I was as sick as a dog. Um, then woke up Monday morning with a redonkulous fever. Stayed in bed all day. Did not leave bed all day. Did not even make it to the Monday night game because I was sound asleep. Managed to get through today. Went back to work today. So that was that was nice. That was nice. But now, as we are 730 on the East Coast, I am very, very, very out of it. And not back to 100%, but... Oh, why, why the fuck not? Let's have a rifle go at it, shall we? So, yeah, but big apology to uh, to all those that uh, were expecting a review show. Um, but we're going to do a show that we were planning on doing at some point anyway. But luckily enough, the timing just worked out absolutely perfectly. So here we are, and we're going to do it. I was disappointed for selfish reasons because I had a really great joke lined up. If Trevor Simeon didn't start that game, I was going to say that Trevor Simeon saw the black jerseys on the field and like the black end zones, and he got PTSD from when Miles Garrett performed a Mortal Kombat fatality on him on Monday Night Football in 2019. Fair. And then he was like, you know what? I'm not going in here. But then he ended up starting, but the Bears suck anyway. Sorry, Benny. I mean, that that offense actually looked half competent outside of the quarterback position, which is the complete opposite of what it normally does in any given week. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I'm sad about is just all the, I'm a very empathetic person. I just feel bad for all the shit that, that Zach Wilson's being given for like everything. Just, it, it just seems like it's too much. Like it's like past him as a quarterback. It's like attacks on him as a person. And sure. Sure. Which, but you kind of is unwarranted. You can say yeah, that somebody sucks knew... at, a, at, being at being a quarterback, but I don't know. Yeah, but you also knew this was coming based off of everything that happened in the in the preseason with all of the all of his extracurriculars, shall we say, coming out into the limelight, and now he being that guy that you know is potentially going to be more known for what he did off the field than on it. It, it, it always was potentially going to be a doomsday situation for uh for zach and 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 i don't think his career is over by any stretch as as quarterback for the jets or starting quarterback for the jets but you've uh, got a cold spade of spade and that's the offense looked probably as good as it's looked all year with mike white as starting quarterback and uh, that that's that's just fact yeah well I, I, we'll we'll be talking about mike white in about in a couple of minutes i think probably because, and this is going to lead into it. You know what? We're going to lead into it now. We're talking about league winners in this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Is it a stretch to say that Mike White could be a league winner? 
Um, I, I literally had this conversation with 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 Jake. Um, yesterday. Do I think it's a stretch that Mike White could be a league winner based off of the performance that he had on Sunday? No, I don't think I don't think it's that much of a stretch. But what I will say is I want to see him do it again. And he did it at home against the Bears. His next two opponents are on the road against the Vikings and the Bills. The Vikings are a better team than the New York Jets. I don't think that's slander. Adam, am I am I wrong? Well, they're more talented. They are a better team than the New York Jets. They're, they're a better team. There's nothing wrong with that. The Vikings are probably a top six or seven team in the league. Their offense is better. I think the Jets' defense is better than the Vikings. My but God, yeah. you, are, you are so incapable of answering the question. You're just skating around this. The Vikings are a better team than the New York Jets. Okay, fine. They are a better team, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not slanderous at all. And the Bills are definitely a better team than the New York Jets, who the Jets beat, and the Bills are probably going to look to hang 40 on the Jets in Week 14. Whether that happens or not is another thing, but both teams put up a more difficult defensive test for Mike White than the Chicago Bears would. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. The okay. bench, Mike White was not pressured in the slightest. Mike mm-hmm. White was playing seven on seven in that game. He had all day. He had all day to decide what he wanted to do with the football. The reason why I will vouch for Mike White as a potential league winner, and this is going to be a common theme around some of the guys that we talk about in this episode, is looking at his playoff schedule. And looking at what the playoff schedule brings to the table for Mike White and for the New York Jets. Two out of three are at home. Detroit, Jacksonville, both at home. Jacksonville was on Thursday, by the way. Yeah, I was literally about to say one on Thursday night, which sucks. But Thursday night nonetheless. And then week 17 at Seattle in a Geno Smith revenge game. Three... Very promising matchups on paper for Mike White to get the job done. He's not going to be a guy that that throws for near 80% passing every single week. He's not going to be a guy that puts up 300 plus every single week or throws for three, three touchdowns. But can he be competent enough? Can he do what we saw on Sunday to not make the mistakes, to push the ball downfield? And to put the Jets in a better position to win football games? Yeah, he, he definitely can be. Can he be a league winner? Yeah, he's, he, he's got that potential. Um, there are just other guys, I'm sure, that are going to be out there on people's waiver wires that I think I would be going for over Mike White just because I, I'm still a believer that they are the New York Jets and trusting the New York Jets with anything is a recipe for disaster. Uh, but with that being said, the matchups are good on paper, and I, I could theoretically see a situation where you would go and do it. But it's also coming down to, as well, who were you benching Mike White for in a single quarterback? Because I could probably name 20 quarterbacks that I would rather start over Mike White, even, even with those matchups. Maybe, maybe 15. Maybe 15 is more reasonable. No, I get you. Because there, there are a lot of good quarterbacks in the league. Right yeah, and now. finding quarterback is so easy. Finding quarterback is just so easy to do. 
So it's like, do you play? And, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say Mike White's the greatest thing I've ever seen. I, I still think Mike White is a very average quarterback. But can you take advantage of those matchups? Sure. But are there more talented quarterbacks that are out there going to potentially do more than Mike White can where you're just taking advantage of the matchups? And maybe this is me overthinking it. I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't think so. But normally, well, the other question, I guess, is if he's going to be starting by the time the fantasy playoffs hit, because if he really stinks up the joint against Minnesota and Buffalo, if Rob Sala, Mike Lafleur think that Zach got the break that he needed, then I don't know. Maybe they'll be like, okay, let's go back to him then you cannot start the New York Jets in any fantasy capacity moving forward. Yeah. If it is Zach. If so it's Mike that, White, that's, if that's it's Mike the thing White going up there's an opportunity there with Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, uh, Michael Carter, if he's healthy. If not, but, and by the way, I mean, for all, for all those that are going to be listening to this Tuesday night and have Wednesday morning waiver wire, uh, Zonovan Knight is a must-have on waiver wire this week if you are running zero Bam. zero wide receiver or a zero running back excuse me zero wide receiver uh zero rb or your light at the running back position maybe without james connor this week zonovan knight you, you have you have to have and I, I would be dropping i don't know if i'd be dropping a significant amount of my fab on him but i think i'd be dropping somewhere near five ten percent on him and I, I that should that should be enough um but with that with that being said i just am still of the belief that this is a New York jet and stigmas. I get it. I get it. Guys have an opportunity to prove me wrong. And more times than not guys do prove me wrong, but is a New York jet going to win me a fantasy championship when it is all said and done. Probably not. And if you're in a if you're in a position where you have to start Mike White, you're probably not contending to win a fantasy championship. That, that's that, true. That's just me. That's just me. Because also there aren't too many major quarterback injuries this season, which is weird. Because I feel like we have at least, I mean, Trey Lance is one, but like we haven't like as far as the established guys. We haven't had a situation, and I mean, Dak, I guess, is one. Justin Fields. Yeah, Kyler Murray. But, like, nothing where it's like... A season-ending injury, like Trey Lance. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like Trey Lance. We haven't had a situation where it's like, I drafted, let's say, I drafted Justin Herbert. Or, no, you drafted Joe Burrow in 2020. Yeah, you drafted Dak uh, two years ago. You draft uh, he who should not be named his rookie year where he tore his ACL. Sure. Or whatever. Sure. Like that's the, there's a lot of depth at the quarterback position. It's the easiest position in fantasy to replace. Yep. Without a doubt. But the kind of the metric also that we're using to find these league winners, quote unquote, is players that are under 50% ownership. Yeah, in, 60 50 percent is kind of like the rough number. I mean, there were some, there were some where I, leagues. Yeah, there were some where I had to expand it, but 50 60 percent is the rough number. Yeah. So, I mean, Mike White could be mine because we're doing one by we're going position by position, picking one or two guys. Sure. Um, Jimmy Jimmy G, if he's healthy, 
could win you a league. Yeah, he's very very serviceable. Yeah, he's, he's one of he's one of my list. He's one of my list. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. I mean his his schedule is nice. Uh, no Elijah Mitchell moving forward, so you could see definitely more of an uptick in, in the passing game for him. At 37 dropbacks in Week 12, basically he's been around 25-30 for most of the season. Uh, and even with the schedule coming up with Miami, Tampa, Seattle, Washington, and Vegas, uh, you see potential shootout there with a lot of those matchups. So yeah, Jimmy G's a really really good shout. Yep. Do you have anybody? Uh yeah, your... two. Yeah, two you haven't mentioned. I'll I'll start with uh, I'll start with one quick one, and then I'll I'll dive into the other one. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's under sixty under sixty percent roster, which to me is crazy. But looking at his matchup, yeah, four or five are on the road. But Detroit, Tennessee, Dallas, which I would stay away from, the Jets in Houston, three out of those three out of those five are smash plays that are terrible against the pass. One is meh with with the Jets because they have improved against the pass. Um, as the season has gone on and Dallas, I would, I would kind of say no go there, but at the very, at the very least, if you're in a position where you have to make the playoffs and you're like, let's say you've been riding with Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, someone like that. And Trevor Lawrence is available. I, I would rather start Lawrence over both Brady and Rodgers weeks, 13 weeks, 14. And then when you get to week 15, you decide what you're going to do from there. And probably if I'm being honest, you could probably start Trevor Lawrence at home versus Dallas, and he'll still he'll still give you a pretty respectful number. And then 16, 17, you get to week 17, you get a home, you get a, a date with Houston in a dome, which well, chef's kiss. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. So Trevor Lawrence is definitely one. And the other one, uh, sorry, I know you don't want to talk about it, but we got to talk about it. It's Deshaun Watson. It's Deshaun oh. Watson. He's the big he is the biggest league winner in fantasy right now. He he, he is the biggest league winner out of anybody that we we're gonna talk about. In this episode, without a doubt, because we we know what Deshaun Watson brings to the table. We've seen him do it before. Now, now, which is going to be a counterpoint, which you are going to make, and it is a very good one. Is it that, that he has he's rusty? not played that he has yes. not played in the NFL for over seven hundred days? He has not played an NFL game. Absolutely, one hundred percent understandable. But at the end of the day, when we talked up before, we talked about Mike White. What does Mike White have? Mike White has a great schedule. But as I kind of alluded to, I don't know if he is the the heir apparent or the next Joe Namath 2.0. I'm a believer in talent. I'm a believer in what my eyes tell me. And I've seen Deshaun Watson single-handedly carry a franchise on his back for a considerable amount of time. Take him now, put him in Cleveland, where they are in playoff contention, full credit to Jacoby Brissett for that. How he kept them afloat, and now Cleveland, we could be talking about them sneaking into the playoffs as a wild card, and this really was supposed to be a wing year. Them sneaking into the playoffs as a wild card, but Deshaun Watson... That's going to be tough. There are a lot of teams... You got the Absolutely. the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bengals, the, AFC the Chargers, loaded, loaded with teams that you could see just kind of sneaking in. Definitely more, uh, I guess the word is clumpy, as as opposed to what the NFC is, where you kind of know who's getting in, and who's not. Uh, with the AFC, there's like th- there's got to be eight, nine, ten teams that you could realistically say could make a run of the playoffs and get those 
and get those spots. And, and the Browns are, def- are definitely one of them. And 43% of leagues he's rostered in. I could guarantee you if we did this, if we did this episode 24 hours from now, he wouldn't be eligible. He would not be eligible for this. He's Probably going not. to be he's going to be picked up in mass on waivers tonight. He, he absolutely is. And there are going to be people that are going to start him against Houston, and rightfully so. But if we look at the matchups that he has in fantasy playoffs, which is what we're really centering this on, two home games against Baltimore, New Orleans, which are fine, which are, which are fine, and then he has a road date with Washington. We talk about what I like with my quarterbacks, like those, I like my quarterbacks that can run, that can get outside the pocket, make plays with their legs, give you that nice, steady floor. That's what Deshaun Watson brings to the table. He brings that to the table. Now, I'm going to be curious to see how this offense looks with him. You know, what they do right off the jump, because do they ease him back in? Is he ready to go right away? Who knows? We, we could see Nick Chubb run the ball 35 times on Sunday and, and Deshaun Watson drop back 20. Entirely possible. We don't know. But I think with, with talking about guys like Mike White and Jimmy Garoppolo, we know what their ceilings are. And those are very safe quarterback options. They're not going to really let you down, per se. Well, Mike White could, potentially. But sure. Sure. With Deshaun Watson, more so, more so than Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence, we know what his ceiling is. Deshaun Watson, we don't know what his ceiling is in Cleveland. Is it possible that he flat out sucks? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely possible that he flat out sucks. He's gonna give you he's gonna give you two weeks to show what he could do before he has to make a decision on whether or not to start him in your playoff lineups. But I am willing, 100 percent willing to take the chance. On to Sean Watson being half of the guy that he was and then being close to who he was come playoff time. Because if we can get 75% of what Deshaun Watson was in Houston at the peak of his powers in Cleveland, we can get 75% of that. That's league, that's league winner potential. We were talking about a guy that could be a top five quarterback for the rest of the season. And yeah, I, I want all of that. Absolutely. I, I picked him up. I picked him up in I think six or seven leagues this week. I know I, I know I picked him up in a league where I'm starting him over Lamar Jackson because I'm just I'm just so done with with uh, the Baltimore offense. Of course, the one year where I have significant pieces in Baltimore, they just decide to suck. I'm kind of where it's where kind of where I'm at. So the elite upside that Deshaun Watson brings to the table, absolutely. It would be I would be remiss if I did not put him on this list as a potential league winner. Because yeah, I mean at best. At best, Deshaun Watson is, is, is a guy that wins you a fantasy championship, and you remember it for the rest for the rest of your fantasy career. At worst, he has two dud weeks. It's like, oh, okay, he needs the rest of the season to you know figure his shit out, and you draft you draft him next year, and, and he gets a full season. He gets a two week audition for your fantasy teams. Hard for me to turn that down. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go off his twenty twenty season. It was like he put up career numbers on a really shitty Texans team. Um, so that's something. But and this is a better just, team. Yeah, this is a much better team than those than that team. Texans team. Yeah. It's 
got Nick Chubb. He's got Kareem Hunt. He's got Amari Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones. David Njoku. Well, the thing is, I just want to see how they – because on the surface, you know, horrible stuff aside, he doesn't really fit what Kevin Stefanski wants in the Browns' offense. Because the Brown, because I mean, yes, they're going to uh, tailor it around him. But as we've seen uh, over his brief coaching career with the Browns, they want to run the football. So it's like, how is that going to look with um, somebody like Deshaun Watson? You don't trade the capital that you traded to get him. No, I know. For him to be a guy that fits into your system. You tailor made the system to fit around him. And I actually disagree. While your point is valid, I disagree. I think that Deshaun Watson actually is a very good fit for this system because in a, in a system where Kevin Stefanski wants to run the ball, there could be even more designed runs for Deshaun Watson. And it takes the pressure off of Nick Chubb having to run the ball 30 times a game. It takes pre- it takes the pressure off of the guys downfield because if you have that run in your back pocket. If you have now, Nick Chubb able to run the ball and Deshaun Watson ha- being able to run the ball, it opens things up in the downfield passing game with the play action. This is, I, I think this is a match made in heaven for what Kevin Stefanski wants to run in Cleveland. It's just a matter of can he do it right away after over 700 days of not being there? That's the only question that I have. Other than that, this is tailor-made. For Deshaun Watson, this is a picture-perfect situation. And this is not a team that can just say, you know what, we'll play him, we'll play him for a game, and then we'll be like, oh, put him in bubble wrap, we'll see you next year. They're fighting for the playoffs, so they're going to have to play him. And they have to play him in high-leverage spots. So, hell yeah, hell yeah. Risky to do it this week, but it is a Deshaun Watson revenge game. And that is, oh my good God, is that enticing. God, I hate so much that the NFL did that. That they it is so enticing. It is such made... a shame that it is just sandwiched into one o'clock. Because that were a Thursday night game. My God, would I want to see that? I feel like somewhere in the NFL, they're like, we they wanted to flex it to Sunday night, but they're like, you know what? That's probably too shitty. They couldn't to do, do that because you want you want to know who's playing on Sunday night. Who is the Cowboys? Oh, oh. That's why the Jets and Vikings didn't get flexed into Sunday night. I get it. I understand yep. now. Yep. And Adam, you believe me now that the Cowboys are a draw? Well, it's something. I don't even know. Who, who are they playing? I, sh- I should know this. The Colts. Oh, the Colts. That's what I was talking about. Most watched NFL game. On Thanksgiving? I know. In history. In history. Well, this is a, that Thursday was a historic day viewership wise for thanksgiving the nfl killed it nfl absolutely killed it when the world cup well the world cup wasn't happening at that time were there games no. were there there were not there were no matches but like no no, no there there was there was there's uh two there's two o'clock uh fixture oh it was uh brazil brazil and uh serbia well it's impressive since it's just such a crowded slate of sports a crowded time for sports that the NFL is like, you know what? We're going to assert our dominance here. The only, the only reason why I know that is because that was when uh, Richarlison had his, uh, had the overhead, had the overhead kick. That's oh, the Richarlison. only reason why I know that. Oh, 
Good for him. And, and, and I got to see Ronaldo before. So no, noted, noted Everton flop or Charleston. Hey, you got them uh, 70 million quid. So, Hey, 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 up the fellas, up the fellas. Wait, he plays for you guys. Christian Pulisic putting his children on the line for the United (laughs) States of America. Literally. I know. What a great guy. What a great guy. And did you see see what he said? No. What did he say? And I quote, so or verbatim, some, some off verbatim, but close enough. So fucking proud of my team. Don't worry. I'll be fine for Saturday. Oh, love that guy. King, king, king for country, for club. Dickhead. Virgil van Dyke shaking in his boots. Oh, I tell you, I tell you, big Virgil, he better be shaking in his boots. It's going to be a fun one. And I have many, 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 many Dutch connects. So there's there's a lot riding on Uncle Sam not completely shitting the bed. <sighs> hey, listen, we've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of, choke it like famously uh shit teams and knockout stages overcome their demons in the in this past in the past like 10 years so maybe maybe this is it just have cody gakpo uh fall in the shower or something hey by by the way if anybody listened to our, our world cup preview show uh you would know about cody gakpo yeah also does g did Arena like piss in greg berhalter's cornflakes no, he doesn't. He doesn't fit the system. Number one and number two, I would make a good bet that Borussia Dortmund probably told Greg Berhalter, "Hey, um, try and play him as little as possible." That would be my guess. And then Greg Berhalter said, "I'm trying to win a fucking World Cup." We're not winning shit, Adam. Get that out of your head. We're not winning a World Cup. No, no, no. Well, he's trying. Okay. All right. Now I'm. I'm trying to be in bed by nine o'clock. Doesn't mean it's gonna happen. No, what well, whatever. It's giving you giving you a good opportunity to. Adam, we are not we are not beating Brazil. We're not beating France. <laughs> Hell, if we somehow manage to beat the Dutch, ideally, ideally we're playing Denmark. Probably not happening. We're playing Argentina. Oh, that's gonna be not good. Although Argentina I, is, vulnerable. is vulnerable. I tell you what, I tell you what, listen, uh, I'm not a Lionel Messi guy. I think uh majority of people know that. I'll never be rooting for Lionel Messi harder against in my life. <laughs> and, and Messi, oh. Messi is very he's a very neutral figure besides my Ronaldo allegiance. Uh, I'm pretty neutral when it comes to Messi. Like I don't really like actively root against his demise. That I would. I mean, that would be pretty terrible. Your last World Cup, and you lose to the United States of America. You lose to soccer. Hey, this is like, it's like a Mean Girls thing with the soccer football thing. I'm sure you know the or- the story of that. Of course I do. It's like, <laughs> stop try- it's like a reverse stop trying to make fetch happen. Yes. Because England came up with the word soccer first. And then I was like, oh, we're not using soccer anymore. It's football now. Correct. And then they gave everybody else shit for not using for, or they gave us shit for not using football, even though we got it from, from the English. Correct. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them. 
Fuck up America. Up soccer. Yeah. Up soccer. Indeed. I'm sure Jesse Marsh. I'm sure Jesse Marsh is somewhere just smiling over his boys, Tyler Adams and Brennan Aronson. Yes. Well, Tyler Adams. Oh, he could sit at my dinner table anytime. Red Bulls legends. Tyler Adams. Love. And sit at my dinner table anytime. I was gutted when they sold him to RB Leipzig like three years ago. And now I want him at Arsenal. Roger, you get out of here. We're bringing in Tyler Adams. That's a great guy. That's a great guy. Hey, if you do sell, if you do sell Rodri and you bring in uh, Tyler Adams, I know someone that would take Rodri. Yo, we'll just play with two holding midfielders. That's fine. Who, who, who then would you sell? Who then would you sell? Which one of those? Which one of those midfielders would would you end up putting in the bin? Bernardo Silva. Yeah, we'll take him. We'll take him. No problem. Oh, but see, the thing is, I like all of them. A big hell favorite, Bernardo Silva. Gundawan, Gundawan on a free. Oh, ah. I like him too. Oh, oh, he won us the league. Won the. That's true. He did win you the league. That is a friend. Is a friend. He won. He won. <laughs> he won the league instead of the Scousers. That is a friend. <laughs> not Kevin. Not Phil. Oh my um, God! I would love Phil. <laughs> I would love Phil. Fu- but why but who wouldn't want s- Phil? Why would we sell him? Oh, oh God, no. God, no. Did you see, did you, and we're getting so off topic. We need to get to the running backs um, because we are on a a time uh, constrictions. But did you see that there were like the most valuable players at the World Cup for like transfer values? And my star boy, Bukayo Saka, was in the top 10. It really made me smile. But Phil Foden was number two. Really? Yeah, do, you know, do you know who number one was? By any chance? Number one. <laughs> um, same team. Same team. Oh, Harry Kane. Mm-mm. No. Nope. Oh, he's a flop. He's a loser. No goal. No goals in the group stage. Fraud. Yeah. Fraud. Well, Yo, know, he's going up against the brick wall of the United States. Absolute fraud. Fuck him. Who is it? Mason Mount? Nope. Oh God, no. Oh God, no. I, don't even, I wouldn't. I, don't I wouldn't pay five quid for Mason Mount. Um, trying to think of like young guys. Mm-hmm. Is it Bellingham? Jude. No way. Hey, Jude. Are you serious? Yep. One hundred fifty-five million. He did. It doesn't make any sense. I love, I love Jude. Every time, every time that man scores, hey Jude. Not more than the Stockport Pilo is Phil Foden. Oh, I, I believe me. Or the, or the, <laughs> or the, or the uh, Croydon De Bruyne himself, Emil Smith Rowe. <laughs> We're moving out of the running backs. Yes. We can't, we can't keep talking about this. <laughs> Oh, and, too- and, and I will, and I will say just to get my just to get my quota in, so way Adam could laugh. Uh, a, another uh, sleeper quarterback to potentially win you uh, fantasy leagues. By the way, Adam, any guesses to who this who this man could be? I want to guess it, but I, I'm still not confident that I could say it correctly. Who do you think it might be? To a tackle of Iliola. To a tackle of Iliola, QB Alabama. There you go. There you go. Gotta get the quota in. Gets me every time. It's fantastic. Moving it on. It is. Moving on swiftly. God, right, I, hurt, I hurt my esophagus. 
Oof, who's your league winner running back and why is it Cam Akers? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish it was Cam Akers. I really do. Um, there are a couple that I wanted to say, um, but the one that I'll really spend the time talking about before getting to like your your higher end handcuffs. Because Although, do you want to talk like- about some of the, one of the big running back uh, things that happened today? What might that be? That might be uh, Melvin Gordon signing uh, with well, the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, good thing. Good thing I was going to talk about Isaiah Pacheco because here we are. Uh, Pacheco would be the guy. His schedule in the fantasy playoffs: Houston, Seattle, Denver. Denver is not. It's not great, but at home I can live with it. But Houston, Seattle. Ooh, yes, please. Yes, please. Um. Adam, did you not just see what Josh Jacobs did to the Seattle Seahawks? Of course I did. He's on my guillotine team. He's fantastic. Um, Josh Jacobs, noted, noted member of the I don't give a fuck about your fantasy team community, stepped up for his fantasy managers. So, Josh Jacobs, good work, even though you don't give a fuck about your fantasy managers. Um, Josh Jacobs doesn't qualify. No, he's Josh owned in like a million. Le- he should be owned in hundred percent of the leagues. He's fantastic. He is fantastic. He probably is. Cool. He probably is owned in about hundred percent of the leagues. Um, but with, Pache- with Pacheco, the only concern that I have with Pacheco is what Adam alluded to before, and that is with Melvin Gordon signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. Melvin Gordon is one of the best end zone finding running backs in the league. The only guy that is probably better over I'm the only last- laughing because it's. It sounds like you're being facetious with how many fucking times he's fumbled at the goal line. <laughs> oh my god, it, it it's it's painstaking. But he's going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to find God. The only guy that has been better at those goal to go opportunities has been Lat Murray, who he was just with in Denver. So, does the signing of Melvin Gordon take potential goal to go carries away from Isaiah Pacheco? We're going to find out. We're definitely going to find out. I would bet my life, my life, my life savings, throw it on the table. Bam. Here you go. There's the uh, 775 that uh, currently represents my life savings on the table that Melvin Gordon is scoring against Denver Broncos in Denver. 100%. I I would throw the kitchen sink on. You love the revenge game. I love the revenge game narrative. I think with Isaiah Pacheco, he his upside. We said this all along. His upside, because he is the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, that his upside probably is an RB2. Not as good as an RB1, but still solid enough, consistent enough. And by the way, Adam, I don't want want to get you uh, too too crazy, Um, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire right now is the Chiefs' highest running back in the RB ranks, and he is currently the RB36. He's on IR. Yeah, Sue. Yeah, I know. If Melvin Gordon, if Melvin Gordon really becomes a pain in the ass, your prediction of no Chiefs running back in the top 40 could go true. <laughs> did I say 40? I think I said 40. You yeah. said 40. No, you 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 did say 40. You did say 40. And where's Melvin Gordon by any chance? Oh, he's at th- he's at 39. He's at 39. Eh, okay, whatever. Um, but Pacheco. Is he going to be a 23-touch guy moving forward? Probably not, if I'm being honest. 
Well, that's why they signed Melvin Gordon in the first place. Right, because they clearly don't feel that Pacheco is able slash ready to handle a full complement of touches. And But to be fair, what running back nowadays really is a, a, a feature back that is a young, up-and-coming guy. It was Brees Hall. It was Brees Hall who was who was looking like was going to be that guy. And then, of course, he got hurt. Miss you, Brees Hall. But with Pacheco, if he can get you those 17, 20 touches, he could be a very, very good flex, I would think, to start. But then if you could add in the, the touchdowns, which has been my biggest complaint with Pacheco, is 16 for 82, 15 for 107. That's great, Noah. That looks good on paper. Both north of five five yards per clip. That's nice. It looks good. But it doesn't matter because he's not catching any passes. He has four catches on the season. That's not good enough. He needs to score. He is a super, super high volatile play. But I want to see what he looks like with Melvin Gordon here before I'm really willing to slam the desk for Isaiah Pacheco being like a super, super league winner. Um, my, my question is, do you think that Melvin Gordon plays sure. against Cincinnati this week? No, no. He probably knows about three plays. So that, they probably told him like, Hey, listen, stay where you are in Denver. We're coming. We're going to be there in two weeks. Meet us there. Here's the playbook. I think that they're probably going to try and incorporate him in practice and, and that he'll he'll be practicing with the team. Um, but to the point where he's ready to go, probably not. Um, but do I see him being ready for Denver? Yeah, I do. I, I definitely do. Um, but some other league winners for the ready exhibition before we get to yours, Adam. Um, they're more like the high-end handcuff. So is, is your league winner a handcuff by any chance? Um, not really. Okay. So then just the, the, the handcuffs that I would be keeping an eye on. Um, if we're just looking at the list that I have here, as I feel, as I feel a sneeze coming, damn. Um, just some of the handcuffs that, that I'm looking at Raheem Mostert is one for sure that maybe, maybe he was dropped. I still know that he's rostered in about 80 something percent of leagues last I checked. So he may not be willingly available. Uh, Lat Murray is one that I'm super interested in, especially if if he just continues to own touches in that Denver backfield. Uh, Rashad White is stone cold lock loaded. I wasn't going to say him because he's over the 60% threshold, but if he's available in your leagues, please, for the love of Jesus, go pick him up. I'm, I'm like begging you. Uh, Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson has gotten steady work. I just think the problem is that Antonio Gibson really is that he is that pass catching back with Washington. So in non PPR, I like him way more than I would like him in, in PPR. AJ Dillon is still a high end handcuff because if something happens to Aaron Jones, then AJ Dillon automatically becomes a top 20 running back every single week. And I'm still, I'm still interested in what's going to happen with this Rams backfield. It seems like Kyron Williams might be that guy to have here. Um, I still, I'm kind of out on both of them, but if one does get hurt, if Cam Akers goes down or if Kyron Williams goes down, that backfield potentially becomes a little bit more interesting. 
And then the one the one other guy that I have here that I definitely wanted to mention was James Cook. James Cook, absolutely 100%. Something happens to Devin Singletary with the offense that he's in in Buffalo, with the team that they have, with the way that they win football games, the way they score a lot of points. Uh, James Cook, for me, screams league winner. So James Cook, out of all the ones I think have the the biggest lottery ticket appeal, James Cook is that guy. Yeah. Um, you named a lot of guys that I was thinking about, so <laughs> I guess. Well, who was what you were thinking about? Well, I'm going to cheat a little and pick somebody that's above the, the threshold of 60. He's at 65. But Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders. Sure. He, he, score, he fights it. He runs like a man who is on fire. Literally on fire. Runner. Yeah. He like he's being chased by a bee and trying to shake off a bee. That is how he runs with the football. You know, he and he fights for every single yard. He scores uh pretty and like the, the commander's offense has looked night and day with um Taylor Heineke under center. Yeah. But to put he scored he scored in two of the last three weeks, rushed for 105. Uh, yards last week against Atlanta or on Sunday against Atlanta. Um, the one thing with Robinson is he does nothing for you PPR wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's Antonio Gibson's thing. Cause he's, he used to be a wide receiver. So sure. Fine. But he gets you a lot of the volume. Yeah. His last three weeks. 26 carries against Philadelphia uh, for 86 yards, 15 for 57 against Houston, 18 for 105, uh, and then two for 20 for with a touchdown on the receiving end against Atlanta. The one, the other thing with Robinson is that he really is a volume play. His yards per carry kind of suck. It's like three. It's the mid threes. Um, aside from on Sunday when he was 5.8, but the rest of the season has been like 3.3 with a ceiling of 3.8. Yeah. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how he fares against the giants too, considering that is a, that's a matchup that he has the fantasy playoffs Giants, San Francisco, Cleveland. If he fares well against the giants at the Meadowlands, then you kind of figure that he may have a nice day against them back at uh, FedEx field. And then if and then San Francisco is not exactly the best matchup for him, but week 17 championship versus Cleveland who struggle against the run at home. Yeah. Yeah. That could, that could be a really, really good opportunity to, uh, to feast on Brian Robinson and Brian Robinson, both Robinson and Gibson become more appealing. If one of them go down. Um, So if you have Gibson, I would hope that you have Robinson. And if you have Robinson, I would hope that you have Gibson, but if you don't, it's okay. You just got to root for your guy to be the one that's, uh, that's still standing. But they do kind of eat to each other a little bit. Gibson is definitely the more appealing option in PPR than Brian Robinson. Obviously, is the more not appealing option in non. But Robinson has to score, and if he doesn't score, then he's very, very just blah. Yeah. Well, the other thing to note is that Brian Robinson and the Commanders have a late buy. Fourteen week yeah. fourteen is their buy. Yep. That's so true. maybe that factors into your decision. Maybe that's a tiebreaker for you, where if you're thinking about having if you're picking between 
let's say somebody on the commanders and somebody else, you have to think about that. You're only going to have that guy on the commanders for a week. Uh, Leading into playoffs. I mean, way I also think about it too, is it's one less week for potentially the Washington guys to get hurt. I mean, yeah, sure. If you want to look at it that way, but if you need like immediate production, it's like, yay, Brian Robinson did great for me. And then week 14, it's like, oh, I just, I can't, I can't play him. I need to figure something else out. Right. And especially if you're in a position where you need to be winning games, then the Washington guys may not be your, your best, your best option to go for. Yeah. I'm trying to see, do you know who else is on by um, per chance in, in week 14? Yes. Um, before I look it up right now. Oh, actually a lot of teams. So is, aren't the Colts on by as well? So it's the Falcons, the bears, the Packers, the Colts, the saints and the commanders. Oh, great. So that's right. That's, this is the, this is the other bipocalypse. Why is it so late? It's terrible. Two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, this is Bipocalypse Part 2. And it comes at the last week of the fantasy regular season. That's awesome. That's that's sadistic. Well, I know I definitely have to beat you this week because if I have to win next week to get into playoffs with no Jonathan Taylor, uh, that's a daunting proposition. Yeah. Oh, the guillotine is going to be a week. Oh, I, and I mean, I'm not going to have Terry McLaurin. And I think that's it. That's the only guy that I'm going to be missing this yep. week, that week. Um, Who's on by this week? Is there anybody? I think everybody's oh. on by this week. No, it's uh, Arizona and Carolina. Oh, Arizona. Yes. I forgot about that with, with Hopkins. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And then Carolina, Deonta Foreman, DJ Moore. Then other than that, other than that, that's it. Yep. All right. Well, that's that for for running backs, receivers. So, um, receivers are receivers a deep position. So, um, although I think that. Hmm. Before he got hurt, I would have you probably would have said Kadarius Tony. So um yeah, it's just not not great with these uh soft tissue injuries, these lower body injuries. Uh let me see, where is is George Pickens? Does he qualify? He's also pretty great. He could be a league winner if he's available somewhere. No, he's at 64.7. You want mine? Sure. This this is my Amon Ross St. Brown. You could pick up the Tennessee guys. They're they have potential. This is my Amon Ross St. Brown. This is my Cam Akers. It's Traylon Burks. Yeah. Traylon Burks is my guy. At Philadelphia, then at then at home versus Jacksonville. Then the playoffs. The Chargers, the Texans, Dallas. I honestly, in twelve in twelve team leagues, and maybe in some situations in ten team leagues, I could see Traylon Burks being a guy that you're starting every single week. 
He's finally I could see it. He's finally picking up steam. The only thing that's missing are the touchdowns. That's it. And he, well, he scored on Sunday. Not, not it wasn't his touchdown. It was just a fumble from Derrick Henry that he just managed to jump on. That so, was hilarious. I, I was it watching was his. Red Zone. I was watching Red Zone. I was like, how are they going to score that? I mean, that's got to suck for people who have Derrick Henry. He's like, hey, he scored a touchdown. Oh, not so a, he only they, gets the yardage. Yeah, they got the yardage. But they scored it as an other. Yes, and other a miscellaneous touchdown. Yeah, so it was Traylon Burks' first touchdown of his career. That's not a receiving touchdown. What a story for the grandkids. Yeah. My first touch my first touchdown was a fumble that Derrick Henry managed to cough up that I managed to just jump on in the back of the end zone. You know that guy who has a giant gold statue outside of the Hall of Fame because he rushed for because he broke Edmund Smith's record for all time rushing? He fumbled once. And then I recovered it in the end zone. And I, that was my first NFL touchdown. Mm-hmm. That guy, that guy. I might, <laughs> I might be predicting the future a little bit. But Tra- Traylon Burks is my guy. Traylon Burks is my guy. Go pick him up. Go spend what you have to spend to get him. And especially if you're down, if you're down DeAndre Hopkins this week and you need a, and you need a play, uh, Traylon Burks would be, would be a guy that I would definitely, definitely, definitely consider uh, for this week. Um, outside of that, just some quick hitters. Uh, George Pickens was one that I wrote down on my list. Paris Campbell is another one that I have down on my list, the Indianapolis Colts receiver. And then some other ones, Darius Slayton. I'm still very much on, on that bandwagon, considering he just seems to be the only Giants receiver that consistently stays healthy, just needs to score a bit more. His schedule is not exactly great, but given he, he really is like the only name in a passing attack that is featuring the likes of Davis Sills and Isaiah Hodgins and Lawrence Cager, Jets legend Lawrence Cager. Um, beat me to it. Put some respect on his name. I Jets beat you legend. to it. I beat you to <laughs> it, but you know that's someone that I would consider. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones only rostered in forty-two percent of leagues is a crime. Uh, I know he had a down week against Tampa, but outside of that, he's been about four catches every single week. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a bit of a boost playing with Deshaun Watson, if that helps him at all. Um, and then one more that I want to mention that I know Jake had mentioned, and yes, unfortunately, we have to be playing uh, Brittany on the waiver show. Uh, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, because if, if Mike White is going to be the starting quarterback for this team, for the New York Jets, over the long haul, Mike White's guy is Elijah Moore. So well, It seems like it's Garrett Wilson. Sure, it's like Garrett game. Wilson, but Elijah Moore is going to contribute. He's going to be more of a factor with Mike White than he was with Zach Wilson. That's a, that's a fact. So is he someone that I'm picking up and starting right away? No, but am I holding on to him? Yes. I think that's a good, that's a good shout. I, th- I mean, he was wide open on that touchdown. That was such a crazy busted coverage. He was wide open. I'm like, how does he even get that wide open? But and um, then I'll give you, I'll give you one more yeah. too that I didn't even realize that he was just so he was rostered he was rostered in this few leagues because I know I went up against him in a couple spots and he he killed me uh, Zay Jones. Yep, only rostered in thirty one percent of leagues. Are we kidding? Wow. Okay, well he killed me in a spot. So yeah, Zay Jones could be could be worthwhile against Detroit this week too, and with a really really good schedule at. The Trevor Lawrence analysis. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. 
tight ends. This is going to be a fun position to try to find Lee winners in. Ugh. Can I just say none of them? Uh, who do we have? Greg Dolchich? Greg Dolchich was one. Greg Dolchich was one. Should have had a touchdown versus Carolina. I got called back uh, due to a penalty. Gets Kansas City, Arizona, who are absolutely dog shit against tight ends, and then uh, the Rams in, in Kansas City again. So not too bad there. Could you, you could use them as a stream in week 15 for sure. Welcome uh, to this episode of the Jets Way podcast. Uh, Tyler Conklin is a league winner at tight end. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. Yeah, maybe. Um, the one that I'm kind of zeroing in on. Noah Fant, maybe. Isaiah Likely. Or like say likely. It's the thing with Isaiah... Mark Andrews, but that's like that's like you need you need a Mark Andrews injury for that to happen. I feel um, like league winners shouldn't you did you shouldn't like need help in that regard. You shouldn't need a player to go down. Um for this. I think like yeah, waiver wire pickups, you can't just you can't speculate that far ahead. With well, it's, far... It's, it's not it's not speculation. I mean, what are the tight end that we're gonna say? Like Okay, yeah, Greg Dolchich, Jawan Johnson, and Noah Fant, Noah Fant, Tyler Conklin. Okay, cool, great. I don't really see any of those guys as being top 10 locks. Something happens to Mark Andrews. I say likely is a lock to be a top 10 starting tight end. Yes. Lock. Now, and like you said, Adam, and you are 100% correct, that is a lot of moving parts that need to happen for the Isaiah likely one to come true. That's very 100% correct. Shoot me, but I think it's very unlikely. Sure. Sure. Really? Nothing? I, I don't disagree with you. No. The, is, the this, is, this, is this the part that you were expecting where I cut, where I come back at you and tell you that you're wrong? And lay out reasons A to Z why you're wrong. No, I was expecting you to say, "How dare you make a pun like that?" And because I said it's unlikely that Isaiah likely does that, Whew. right over your head, Adam. Adam, I'm very sick. There are people listening to this podcast that are yelling at their phones. Yeah, I know, I know. But that is that is what happens when you're very sick. You just all the comedic charm that you once had is, is is gone don't worry it'll be back it'll be back i'm just um not at my best not at my best that's fine but the, yeah it's it's hard to not do this without making a pun but it's not it's a very I know you unlike- like your puns i know well i'm saying it's a very unlikely scenario that market like you're hoping for and also you shouldn't be you shouldn't have to root, you shouldn't want to root for injuries like that for another player's success. It's it's bad karma. You don't like to root for injuries. No, you don't like to root for injuries, but you also want to put yourself in the best position to win. He's a stash, for sure, if something Absolutely. happens to him. Absolutely. It costs you nothing right now versus what happens, God forbid, knock on wood, what happens if Mark Andrews has a uh, has a season-ending injury next week? How much is he likely going to go for on waivers? He's going to go for a shit ton. Absolutely. But... Today, as we speak right now, he's not a league winner. He could be, but today he's not. 
Sure, but n- n- so are none of the other guys that we've talked about that we've talked about on on, on this list. Yeah, well, hypotheticals, and I and I will admit that is a very very big hypothetical it needs to happen for Isaiah likely to get his credence, but has to be mentioned. Has to be mentioned for the people. Yes. Well, listen. Don't get don't get it twisted. I'm not saying don't pick him up because you should, but. I'm just saying if you you have Mark Andrews, if you have Mark Andrews, you best be going and picking up Isaiah likely. You should have him already. Yes, absolutely. It's been like four weeks. You should have him already. Yes. Some leagues trade trades are still a thing. So you should be getting Isaiah likely if you have Mark Andrews. Correct. And the best part is you could have stashed him on IR this week. That's also true. Out. That's also true. But yeah, no, nobody else really for tight ends that really qualify. Tight end sucks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There really isn't anybody. Like a lot of guys are injured. Also, you got three major, or you got four big, big name tight ends who are out for probably the season if not most of the season, in Dallas Goddard, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, and Zach Ertz. So mm-hmm. it has just killed the depth to a position that already was thin. Yep. Agreed. But, yeah, that's, that's, really, that's really that. So, so, so I, I, before we go, I do want to give probably the most important thing we'll talk about. The best streaming matchups that you could find during fantasy playoffs. I think that's very, very, very muy importante uh, to go ahead and talk about. So, if you're looking for the best defense overall, the Kansas City Chiefs jump off the page right away as a defense that you could pick up for three weeks, start them without shadow of it out, and locked in, and you take the good with the bad. At Houston Week 15, at home versus Seattle in week 16, then championship week at home versus Denver. Love, love that one. For, you can also p- pick them up a week earlier because they are playing against Denver in week 14 as well. This is probably your opportunity to get Kansas City. If someone drops them on waivers tonight, tomorrow, whenever your waivers run, this is your time to go and pick them up. And, and people will because they're playing Cincinnati. Yes, they could. Look, there's there's the possibility that someone could hold two defenses. That definitely is possible. I've seen I, it done. I played um, a guy. The the guy I played this week in the non team had four defenses. Oh, okay. So four defenses. There you go. That's um, um that's different. Yeah. Um, so I, I would hold on to the to Kansas City if you can, but obviously, if you need to win, you can't be holding on to multiple defenses and and you know plan ahead. Um, but uh, let's just go to just go week by week and see what I like. I wrote I wrote down a couple. So uh, week fifteen, the ones that jumped off the page when I was just doing some sort of looking with the schedule. Um, not not necessarily a defense is going to be that's going to be you know readily picked up. But if there is no Justin Fields, the Eagles defense at Soldier Field versus the Bears is one that I like a lot. Um. The Jets at home versus the Lions, I find pretty appealing. Uh, but the two that jumped off the page for me, the Cardinals versus the Broncos, 
at um at Denver, and then the Packers Monday night at Lambeau versus the LA Rams. That was another one that I liked a whole heck of a lot, and it gives you a piece of Monday night. You know what? Also, could be a good defense. You could get a piece of the Josh McDaniels Bowl and have the Patriots going up against the Raiders. Sure, if 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 they get dropped, if the Patriots get dropped, because they're Schedule is not necessarily that great in fantasy playoffs where you could start them and uh, expect a good return. But if they get dropped and, you know, you want them for that first week, sure. Why not? Why not? I, I mean, I didn't even realize. Oh, wow. All right. So I was going to drop the Patriots defense tonight. So I guess I'm not doing that anymore. Good call, Adam. Thanks for that. Oh, well, nice. whatever. Okay. Um, week 16. I'm just trying to see who I wrote down here. Oh. Okay, so so uh, two teams, same game. Uh, Broncos and the Rams face off, face off against each other. I like both, I like both defenses in that matchup. Um, let's just see who else do I have down here. The Saints uh, potentially going up against the Browns in Cleveland. That one isn't too bad. The Titans. That's the one that I'm going all out for against against the Texans. Absolutely, yes. Uh, the Niners against Washington. Uh, let's just see if there's anybody else here that I would consider. Um, the Ravens about, against Atlanta, maybe. What about the Monday game? The Chargers and the Colts. I would stay away from that personally. Because you have the Chargers that can't stop the run and that's up against Jonathan Taylor. Then you have the Colts that struggle against the pass and have a head coach that does not know how to manage the clock. So, yeah. Oh, what about uh, Miami going home against green Bay? Sure. Sure. I don't know if I would, you know, start anybody against Aaron Rodgers, but sure. If, if you, there's, there's no better option. Yeah. Why not? If it is Aaron Rodgers, if it is Aaron Rodgers, that is also true. And then week 17 championship week, uh, the dolphins, in Foxborough against the Patriots. The thing with the Patriots that I think people need to look at as well, just besides the fact that they are the Patriots, look at weather with New England. If there's the potential for snow games or rain or weather of any sort, the Patriots and defenses and whoever they're playing, those defenses become much more appealing. If there is weather, same thing for like Buffalo and the Jets and the Giants. Something to absolutely consider in those sort of potential potential snow games. All those defenses have appeal if there is some sort of weather um, potentially as a factor. Uh, the Bucks against the Panthers at home. The Chiefs oh, the Bucks, against the Broncos. The Bucks are going to want to kill the Panthers after what they did to them. Correct. Right on the money. The Jags against the Texans. It's in Houston, but I like that one a lot. San Francisco. In Las Vegas against the Raiders, um, the Chargers against the Rams, and I mean that Monday night game is just going to be my god. If you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and you're in a championship, and you get championship week, the last game of the fantasy season is the Bills and the Bengals, where you could have fantasy titles decided in that game. Oh my dear god! Oh, I'm gonna have. If I make it to that, if I make it that far on the guillotine, that's like a good portion of my team. Well, that's like, I mean, it's Joe Burrow and Stefan Diggs. That's basically my season is going to ride on that game. 
Hey, and I have your opposite stack. I have Josh Allen and Jamar Chase. Oh, fun stuff. <laughs> is that great? Just is throw it to Gabe. Is that, is that just, just peachy? Um, throw it to Tyler Boyd and Isaiah McKenzie, please. Yeah, it, it, throw it to uh, Gabe Davis, or, Isaiah McKenzie, and run it, the, run it a million times with Josh Allen. Design runs. Lots of design runs. Um, and what I will say before 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 we go, how you plan for the playoffs is very, very important. What I would do is I literally would be picking up a defense every single week and holding on to two two holding on to two defenses. Your defense for this week and your defense for next week. So if we're in week 15. You have your defense that you're playing week 15. Go pick up your defense you're playing on week 16 on waivers. Beat the waiver wire. Because that's, that's one less thing you have to go out and get. So clear the roster spot. If you see a guy that you're not necessarily going to be starting in your playoffs, like maybe in a spot you have like Brandon Cooks. Now, Brandon Cooks is name value, but what has Brandon Cooks done? You drop Brandon Cooks and you go pick up a defense that you know you'll be starting in fantasy playoffs in week 15. Hold on to them, and then week 15 comes along when everyone else is trying to find a defense to play for week 15, you're trying to find a defense to play in week 16. And then when everyone in week 16 is trying to find a defense to play, you try and find your defense for championship week, and you're just thinking ahead. You're ahead of the curve. That's what it's all about. You want to be one step ahead of everybody else because at the end of the day, if you could be a step ahead of the game, you could be one foot above everybody else, guess what? You're already putting yourself in a better position to potentially win a fantasy championship. And that's what we are here to do. Correct. Help you win. That's right. Well, you weren't sick enough to do that. That that took a lot out of me. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I'm Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.